All right. Uh, good morning to uh, listeners out there in Radio Land. Uh, my name is Jeff. My co-presenter is Marion. Good morning. Good morning, Jeffrey. Good morning, listeners. It's a beautiful day, or it's going to be a beautiful day out there, even if we did have a bit of cloud in the morning. That's what happens at dawn. This is news from the Drug World Front, brought to you by Karma and The Connection, and Jeff and Marion, of course, it is on indeed. Radio 2 X 98.3, public radio. Yeah, people power. The powered. best kind. Yeah, I actually um, was chatting to Pete and he said, you know, I've always sort of said uh, the show's been going about 15 years and he said it's more like 20 or even a bit longer. Cause, really? Yeah. It wow. actually was part of the um, Karma funding way back in the, the day to Is do um, right? the magazine and put on a radio show. So anyway, we've been on the air for a long time and we thank uh, 2XX uh, most sincerely. Okay, uh, for those who haven't heard uh, the show, News from the Drug War Front is, as Marion said, brought to you by uh, Karma which is the Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimisation and Advocacy and also The Connection, which is Canberra's peer-based drug and alcohol service for First Nations clients. Uh, the show um, tries to uh, report on stories of interest to our drug users, any drug law reform that's happening around the world, and, of course, promotes the uh, wide array of services that are provided by Karma and The Connection, which uh, seem to be ever-expanding, Marion, which is a good thing. Indeed it does. And, and the uh, discussion... uh, uh, The intention of the show is to promote discussion amongst people who know about drug use or who don't know about drug use. It doesn't matter. Whatever part of the world you belong to, whether you're involved with drug users or you don't know you're involved with drug users, you probably are. Do some reading. Think about it, talk about it and figure out with us what are the best ways to approach drug use without actually promoting it, but certainly saying, well, it exists. Yeah, and not just repeating uh, propaganda you've read in a Murdoch um, paper or tabloid or something. What are you saying downstairs? If you don't know, find out. If you don't know, find out. I think that's a fundamental premise. We don't keep ourselves... In ourselves in ignorance. I mean, that applies to the voice as much as it applies to yeah, anything. Yeah, I was thinking that too. It just—it is a simple one-liner that plays to the idiocy, and I think that was what um, representatives of the Yes Coast for the Voice were saying. Those simple, simple one-liners, like Nancy Reagan, Very hard just to say battle. no. Yeah. It's fifteen-second grab. You yeah. know, it plays to that. St- Stupidity, assuming that Australians are stupid, yeah, and it's not—they're not stupid, but they can be lazy. If you have an answer given to you on a plate, yeah, if you don't know, bother to find out the truth. No, yeah, that's rubbish. If you don't know, find out. The information is there. The reason there is no detail worked out is because that is for the voice to work out. Exactly. And for government to agree with. Government's not going to work out the detail and say, here you go, Indigenous people, here is a structure, comply with that. Haven't we done done that for decades? We tried that and it didn't work. White bureaucrats made decisions on behalf of First Nations people without consulting them. Was that not the uh, Queensland Aboriginal approach to the Queensland... Indeed. um, Looking after Aboriginals. That was the idea, looking after Aboriginal people. And that's just silly. They are not silly. They're not stupid. They know what they need. No, I'm staggered, Marion, by just how easily people are... um have effective fear-mongering yes. and disinformation is. And the how, and the, you know, I mean, I just don't understand why the idea that this will be devices, it has been created, division has been created mm. by people who would seek 
division created. And have done del- and deliberately. it plays yeah. into their hands. Yeah. It plays into the narcosis hands. That's just crazy. It's really sad, Marion. It is sad because what we're doing is making sure that Indigenous people do not have the same health care, do yeah. not have the chance to devise their own health care yeah. services and right. to have their health on an equal footing with other Australians, every other Australian, yeah. every Australian has the right to a level of health care that is in keeping with their resources. Well, they should have a right, yeah. And, but, you know, without um, asking people, you don't... It's the same as with drug users, mm. Geoffrey. If yep. you want to know what drug users think, you ask drug users. You don't ask somebody who has who knows nothing no about drugs, yeah? Yeah. You yeah. ask them. It was one thing um, when I visited New Zealand with an uh, ex-partner who was from South Island, and she said that because the Maoris fought the British to a standstill because they were very yeah. uh, warlike and um, effective fighters, they got a treaty, yes, Treaty of Waitangi, which exists to this day. Yep. Um, and they'd actually um, forced another group of people, the Moriori, off the two New Zealand islands out to the Chatham Islands. Oh, really? So they had their own experience of... Um, Sending another group of people on their on their bike, yeah. Um, but yeah, the Maori's um, capacity to fight the British and yes. put the fear of God into them led to a very different approach than well, Terra Nullius. That's right. And history is actually written by the winners, as a rule. Exactly. Isn't it? But what we understand about New Zealand is that when there are no winners, or rather, when the white people don't win, they have to apply a treaty. Don't make that like that. Australia should doesn't need to be like that. Let's think it through. Just vote yes on Saturday and let's see yeah. how the voice operates. Have a bit of truth-telling, yeah. a bit of honesty. It's not too much to ask. And I, I was blown out over the weekend, Jeffrey. I found out that there are people who think that um, Anthony Albanese has not read the statement from the heart. Oh. And I, I can't understand <laughs> why that perception is there, but I think that perhaps... There was a statement taken out of context, quite purposefully. It's only by the one sound page, of it. 160 words or something. Yeah, and it's very short. Yeah. And we've written it, read we've it read out it a couple of over, times. Yeah. over the last five years. It has been read out over this station yeah. uh, by us, by me, frankly. I've read it out on a regular basis yeah. every year when it comes to Reconciliation Week. Yeah, do we've some read thinking. it out. Just please let's have this. Look, I need to tell yeah, what listeners what Karma does. Yeah? Um, providing for. Karma provides a wide range of services like advocacy, peer treatment support, opioid maintenance tr- treatment. Uh, hepatitis C treatment, education, art therapy, support groups, rehab services, deals with stigma and discrimination, and it, it provides mentoring and referrals, of course. Yep. If Karma can't provide, Karma or the Connection can't provide the services that you want, this is the ones you want, not just what we think you need, because that's not our job. We do not decide hmm. what you need. We decide, Supporting you tell us what you want, yeah. Yep. and we will try and find a place that will give you that. Your requirements, Indeed. a place to your requirements. Karma and the Connection are co-located at Belconnen Churches Centre, Shop 17, Level 1, 54 Benjamin Way. The drop-in hours are 10am to 4pm, Monday to Friday. Contact can be made on the landline 6253 3643. That's 6253 3643. Uh, or by emailing karma at info at karma.org.au. 
or checking out the Karma website. Uh, yes. Mitch has put together, um, you know, we'll hear about AI. Um, he's actually written an AI bot which can answer, answer your simple questions, simple questions and, and say people have to come in. Yeah. And um, it's surprisingly, um, you know, Effective and accurate and well, readable. There are, and there are some standard replies to questions that really do not need personal interaction. But if you want to talk to a person, you can. Um, I don't know that um, that a bot can actually answer all your questions, but can certainly well, answer you your fundamental questions yeah. that have one-line answers. Yeah, well, Chris um, – sorry, uh, Mitch actually gave me a copy of um, uh, one yes, of Yes, I saw it. Answers. That we do have a, a flyer in here. I can't oh, remember okay. where it is. We'll, we'll get to it. You go quite a few. All right. Well, before we move on, I'll just do uh, the disclaimer. News from the drug war front. Um, oh, that's it. Yeah. Reports uh, on news stories that are relevant to illicit drug users from Australia and around around the world. Uh, many of the articles featured uh, come from um, mainstream media and other sources. Uh, the contents of this broadcast uh, slash podcast do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Karma and the Connection. Karma, Karma does not condone nor condemn drug use and we do not promote illegal activity. However, we recognise that drug use um, happens. happens yeah, and will continue to happen uh, regardless of laws and United Nations conventions. As such, Karma focuses on harm reduction messages, drug treatment support services, advocacy and community development. We seek to um, uh, reduce the harms associated with drug use and its criminalisation through the provision of programs that foster community development and the delivery of person-centred holistic health care. Karma advocates for equity of health service delivery for all people. So it's the service uh, for you if yep. you have questions you know, in this area. Now, look, um, given um, the referendum, I, I'm embarrassed. I couldn't find my collection. I do have Archie Roach and some other well-known um, Warumpi band. Yeah. I found a Yoffa Yindi um, album and uh, we think this might be Treaty, but if it's not, forgive me, it's, it is Yoffa Yindi. It is entitled Treaty anyway. It's the last track on the so side of this So it's a re uh, tribute to the referendum. Yep. Uh, Yoffa Yindi. Vote yes. Yeah. 
well. Well, all right, that was off the indie, you know, yes, another version was. of Treaty, but yep. it was that that song. Um, so I'm very glad that uh, you tracked that down on the CD. All right, our first story is sort of a, a quite a pleasing one. Um, it's from the Canberra Times, October the 4th. Pill testing could return to the Spilt Milk uh, 2023 Festival in Canberra by um, Steve Evans, October the 4th. Pill testing could um, return for the Spilt Milk Festival next month. Negotiations are underway with an insurer to cover the controversial service where people can take drugs uh, to be analysed. Take their drugs to be analysed. Yeah, you don't take your drugs in. Oh, yeah, take, take them in to be analysed. <laughs> I should have brought my glasses. Never, oh, do you want mine, darling? Um, actually, after the next song, I think I've got it in my bag. Okay. Um, quote, I'm hopeful. We do think we've found someone, said Gina uh, von Barker, president of Harm Reduction Australia, which uh, promotes pill testing. He said, if we can get this insurance, then we're back, which would be awesome. It would be great, wouldn't it? Insurance has been the big block against the return of an on-site place for people with drugs to get them tested before consuming them or not. But now negotiations with an insurer are in their final stage. It's really stages. good to hear. Uh, yeah. Fabulous. A deal's not uh, done until it's done, of course, but Mr Vombaco is very hopeful after failing to get anywhere with hundreds of other insurers. Mm. If he is right, pill testing at the festival on November 25th would uh, be there just after possession of small amounts of drugs uh, was decriminalised on October the 28th, so making uh, penalties light because mm. um, it's already been enacted. It just comes into effect, on, effect the on the 28th. But people should remember, and we've told them time and time again, this doesn't mean that it's okay to use drugs. It just means the penalties will be of less um, impact. They will not be as high. But it's not until October the 28th yeah, that those right. laws come into effect. And if you need to know what the laws say, find out. Call karma. Do not uh, just check. assume yeah. mm. It, that they say it's okay to use drugs because they don't. Oh, some of the things I've heard people say are just oh. ludicrous. I mean, the, the police will confiscate your drugs, and Indeed, a lot of people don't will. know that. That's right. And um, if, if you, if they were legal, they wouldn't be able to confiscate your drugs. But they will confiscate them. They are not going to be legal. It just reduces the penalties for the possession of certain amounts. Actually, um, if anyone's interested in. Uh, Checking back on a current affair last uh, Wednesday, there was a story with um, Karma, a worker, and uh, Chris yep. um, speaking about um, what we hope for from these changes. Um, and Steve just spoke bluntly and beautifully about um, what yeah, a failure prohibition is. Yeah, um, yeah excellent. Well worth um, uh, checking out. I think I've posted it to the News from the Drug Warfront Facebook page, but if I haven't, I will. Well worth checking out. Mm. I mean, I was a bit nervous. Current Affairs got a pretty dodgy a reputation. reputation <laughs> from yeah, presenting things with a different slant from one we would expect. Anyway. Anyway, um, he said insurance brokers on behalf of Harm Reduction Australia had held meetings with big companies in London and Japan to no, no avail. Uh, companies which insured pill testing in New Zealand just didn't want to do the same in Australia, he said. Mm. Before the pandemic, Canberra was a pioneer of pill testing at festivals in Australia. The last time it was used was Groove in the Moo in 2019. But since the pandemic, insurers have had very cold feet. 
There is a pill testing site called CanTest, which we talk about all the mm. time. Um, Thursdays three till six, and uh, Fridays six, six till, till nine. nine. Yep. And it's been extended funding till the end of next year. Uh, but those who believe that such testing helps people lower the risk say testing at festivals would be even uh, better. Absolutely, it would. Festivals in Canberra tried out the system uh, both in 2018 and 2019. Uh, Australian National University researchers then evaluated the trials and concluded that the service impacted positively on patron knowledge, um, attitudes and behaviours. The people who ran the previous festival service and the current city centre service say that um, detailed chemical analysis of drugs identifies ingredients, including contamination. I mean, you know, as we say all the time, Mary, in a black market, you don't know what you're getting. Yep. They say they do not advise people to take drugs and do not, and do advise them of the dangers of taking them. We never tell anyone that their drug is safe. David Caldercott, the doctor leading the permanent testing site run by CanTest, said. Mr. Von Barker said drug users were told the safest way is not to use the drug. However, if you are going to use the drug, this is what you need to do. And if there is a problem, this is what you need to do. He's hopeful that the on-site festival um, testing can return. That would be fantastic. Though he adds, there's oft a slip, twist, cup and lip. <laughs> insurance is needed, he said, for fear of vexatious claims. If we don't get insurance to provide a service, I can't, in all honesty, expose our providers to random and vexatious complaints, Dr Caldercott said. Yeah, um, but that's quite legitimate, the... Um, the you know, the... You need insurance. Propens- well, yeah. the propensity for, ins- you know, for charging uh, service providers, healthcare, particularly healthcare providers, um, with negligence is... Uh, a real quite, problem. Yeah. Yeah. It is a real problem. It's a very expensive problem. Mm. The article goes on, one possibility would be, for example, that a person had their drugs analysed was given the full medical briefing, left the testing site, but who then harmed themselves through some other cause and who decided to consult a no-win, no-fee lawyer. If a deal with an insurer is now done, the other hurdles would be much smaller. They would be approval from the ACT government, but that's likely to happen and from the festival organisers. Dr Caldergott said... The organisers had already agreed in principle. In 2018, the ACT became the only jurisdiction to allow testing. Between 2017 and 2019, six young people died in New South Wales, by the way, because of MDMA or ecstasy toxicity or complications of MDMA use at music festivals. In an inquest... The state's coroner urged a pill testing trial, but then the state's premier, Gladys Berejiklian, rejected the idea. But it was taken up by the ACT. So pill testing took place at Groove in the Moo Festival in 2018 and 2019. In 2019, the service detected seven instances of a lethal ingredient to a drug. All seven participants with the substance discarded the pills when they found out what was in them. It's not clear why insurance companies are so reluctant to underwrite a festival pill testing service. Dr Caldercott said that no actuarial calculation of risks of the insurance of a big payout justifies their reluctance. Mr Von Barkens, Gino, said the companies which had declined wouldn't give a detailed reason beyond saying there was a risk appetite issue. Apart Mm. from the ACT, only Queensland has showed any enthusiasm for pill testing at festivals. 
Over the weekend, two men died and 10 other people were taken to hospital after attending Sydney music festivals. Police say they were waiting for autopsy reports amid speculation the men died after taking illicit drugs. It's well, a real problem. It's a big issue and it is one that can be solved and I'm really distressed that the newly elected Labor government, um, Premier Chris Minns, has not or has elected not to be involved. Well, he's just ignoring it. Or yes, pretending it. We're, we'll do nothing about it until we have the drug summit, as if the drug summit is going to say anything except pill testing or drug checking is a reasonable facility and is insurable and does not mean that the government is um, condemned to uh, providing services that are lethal or toxic. I think the police Simply. have a lot of power there. You know, like the Greens yes. um, MP has that sniff-off website where they notify people where they I they're... think the misinformation and the disinformation campaigns are really very potent when it comes to drugs, Jeffrey. There's no two ways about it. And they have been for a very long time. Well, first music festival and... Two people have died. I mean, yep. th- what more do you need, need to know? I thought being a leader of a, a state or a country... The uh, most populous. ...looking after your citizens should be top priority. But, well, um, we've always said that, haven't we? In fact, economics should not be the very first thought for any government. The health of the population should be. Um, but if you put economics first, then you are kidding yourself. Well, he was warned and the letter was signed by 20 alcohol and other drug organisations, yeah. so a, a lot of heavy hitters um, let him know what his, um, what his decision meant. Rolling the dice. Indeed. On. Um, the evidence is there. This, this saves lives. Indeed. Why, why wouldn't you do it? They were offering, pill tests in Australia were offering to do it for free. Yes. It wasn't going to cost taxpayers anything for no. the first um, festival. So, um it's perplexing, but I know a lot of people who worked very hard to get Chris Minns elected who are just... Who were horrified by what? his response just really or his lack of response. Just disappointed and, yeah. and perplexed. They can't understand why he doesn't even express, you know, there's going to be a drug summit sometime during the four years. Yes, and it hasn't been planned yet. Hasn't been planned. Bob Carr had and one in 1999, remember? That already had. Yes, it's already happened. Decisions have already been made. Um, positions have been agreed to. How many reports Repeating are there? that is not going to make, a, make any difference. No, action will make a difference. Yes. Um, but and it's, it's a different people place. Die, watching young people die for want of action. Not for want of information, no. for want of action is a problem. No, I think it's one of the great things about the Australian Capital Territory is that, um, okay, it mightn't be the reforms that we would like if well, we had yeah, our druthers. We prefer, but they are they, some reforms and they are a step in the right They direction. are a step and it yep. takes courage in this climate to do um, anything in Indeed, the way of drug law reform. Um, well, especially with the, as they say, you know, as the insurers say, with the no win, no fee principle coming out and lawyers being prepared to jump in and take the opportunity to take government to court mm. over their health care provision. Um, but if the, if the disclaimer is made, if the drug checking service doesn't make a statement like drug, drug use is safe, 
Nothing is safe. No. And it can be safer. Yeah. Always has been. The is- issue has been how safe is it? Yeah. Not is it safe or is it unsafe? Nothing's 100% safe. You drink too much Walking water and die. Walking the street is not safe, Jeffrey. <laughs> by a bus, I mean. Absolutely. Um, that's the whole concept, philosophy of harm reduction. That's just right. educate it's people. Reducing reduce the, the harm, risk. Not, yeah. not getting rid of it. You cannot get rid of it. No. Inform people so they're well prepared to, that's right. to look after themselves. And so they can manage their own drug use. Don't treat people like idiots. We're not idiots. No. I might add there is um, a fingerprint testing for hep C. Ah, yes. Service. There's some research that's being done, undertaken by uh, the University of New South Wales in combination with directions. They um, It's being run from the 9th to the 20th of October. Um, I did have a flyer that Tammy gave to me. Well, in they are providing a $20 Coles Essential card in exchange for having your blood checked. It takes about 10 minutes to do. I was with a group of users this morning after I had been uh, informed of the oh, okay. uh, finger prick testing, the Up blood checking. Up at One checking. More Street, the main one. It's at the uh, Needle and Syringe Exchange Program at One More yeah. Street, as you say. Um, and they were horrified that they were being provided with a, an essentials card and not the cash. And I have to say, I agree. Um, well, users are not idiots. Twenty dollars isn't they a have, massive if amount. If you want to, um, if you want to find out information from users, don't treat them like fools. No. Don't treat them like idiots. Treat them like they are. Their information is valuable. Capable of making their own, and they have made a decision. Yeah. yeah, they've yeah. made their decision. If they're going to use, they're going to use. Yeah. The fact that whether you give them money or not has nothing to do with whether they use or not. No. So I just need that to be very clear. It We're is not a matter of off to whether the national they use news because you give them money. Oh, yes, yeah, so right, let's go. We will be back. All right, welcome back to News on the Drug War Front uh, with Jeff and Marin in uh, Studio One of Two Double X People Powered Radio. And you found the uh, fly. I found the fly. I have to apologise to Jack and Peter and um, Penny because it was in my pocket, Jack. I know you're listening. Um, this is for the NSP server that I was speaking about before we went to the news. The centre is taking part in a survey looking at HIV, Hep C, and injecting and sexual practices amongst people who inject. To take part, all you have to do is fill out a short questionnaire and give us five spots of blood. It'll only take a few minutes of your time, and it's not compulsory, but we'd really appreciate it. This is what the flyer says. You can read about last year's results in the poster sent to this centre that was to the NSP. Thanks for your help. Now, this is a national study endorsed by ABLE and local users groups. Now, I did tell you before we went to the news that it is, uh, there will be reimbursement by way of a $20 Coles card. And as I said before the news, it, um, that's a bit offensive, the idea that we are not responsible enough to spend money. We've made a choice, right? I'm 71. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably twice as old as the people who designed the bloody survey in the first place. The idea that I will be happily compensated or that I do not care whether I buy from Coles, Woolworths or, or Aldi, yeah. yeah, that to give me a $20 essential card is in some way reimbursement for my time is offensive. I think it's part of the trend towards a cashless society. I've noticed how many ATMs are disappearing, bank Indeed, branches are closing. I'm sorry, but I, I'm not 
I can't be cashless. I don't well, work through Lots the, of people have always dealt with cash their yeah, whole life. That's um, right. And I certainly do. And I do, you know, I can do internet bank. I can find out how much is in my account. Yeah. But I work on the basis that I can go to an ATM and get the cash out. Well, that's always been the past practice. That's right. And if I don't like to be treated like an idiot, I don't behave like an idiot, I also inform people that... Uh, and work on the basis that information is power, knowledge is power. Yep. Um, and if people want to find out what I think or what my behaviour is like, I will tell them um, as honestly as I can without getting impl- implicating myself, either legally or morally. Yep. But I will not be treated like a child and I will not be treated as if I cannot be trusted with my own money. More than fair. Um, I've don't think we mentioned the Healthy and Creative Aging Project that's happening no, at Karma. Which, um, um, I did mention there was art projects available yeah. through Karma, but there's one currently being run every fortnight, so Thursday, Thursday fortnight. Thursday fortnight, um, pottery is it's the first. It's for over 40s. Over 40s, yeah. But uh, men or women, it doesn't matter which, and uh, it's held at the... Scout Hall at Lake Genendera College. Right on the lake. Yeah, it's a right beautiful spot. Lake, and it's between 10 and... Two, I think, well, but think the activities are between to mingle, 11 and 1. And the training is 11 to 1 yes. and lunch at 1. And lunch will be provided. But it, it was beautifully done. Uh, Camille is a great teacher. Yeah. It was... Um, we went uh, on a field visit You went last on a field week. trip, yeah, yeah, which I missed, unfortunately, and, but I'll, um, I'll be there next got week. Called, yes, I got called away at um, before we got to... Um, uh, or just as we got to... Um, God, Marion... My memory is hopeless. Anyway, it was... Um, There's big plans to... Yeah, no, it was a screen printing. Yeah, develop things screen, for screen all the printing um, service that is actually uh, Term two. run in Canberra by... And it's available to lots of people. Actually, one of my friends, Annie Trevelyan, started off at the screen printing place doing her screen printing up there and she does some fabulous stuff and they have some really great decorations on the wall. But doing creative stuff, it just really, takes you look, to another place. It's users are not idiots no. and although they may in some cases be functionally illiterate, which means unable to read or write, creatively they're really very clever. Yeah, exactly. And you find that if you have an avenue or if we have an avenue to to develop our creativity, we can come up with some really clever ideas. Well, some of the artwork is just mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, I just mentioned uh, 2XX has got a radiothon um, happening again. Uh, had a couple of years without one. It's running October 4th to 21st. Uh, we're celebrating the 47th year of People Powered Radio. So coming wow. up, getting close to 50 years. So that's 47 years delivering a great range of specialist shows and talks, like News on the Drug War Front. Yeah. Uh, and most people volunteers who do it for the love, uh, but there also are bills to pay. So if you're financial, think about becoming a... Well, um, if you look at the equipment. And yeah. And I've recently bought new equipment, and really, it's not inexpensive. It's not a drop in the bucket, really. The cost of running a radio station is really quite substantial. And we see the same IT um, people doing their work yes. every time we come in. Yeah, you know, there's a lot, a lot that goes into it. And it provides training for people who go on to be, you know, professional Lots DJs of people and people have gone to Sydney work and yeah. worked in commercial radio. And it's, journalists. Yeah, exactly. No, it's a wonderful opportunity. So, um, uh, yeah, the Radiothon is back on, um, so we'll keep bringing you information about that. Um, 
just a quick reminder about the Karma website. Um, you can find out most information about what programs we're running. And don't forget the, the bot where you can get um, answers to most simple questions. I was really impressed. I, I didn't realise that you, that could, you put, could do that. Well, yeah. so quickly yeah. and so effectively. No, um, that's very clever. Good on them. Uh, look, I think we've got a lot of overseas stories. We've got the... Um, well, we're going to do one about the Melbourne uh, CBD injecting room. Could prevent tidal wave of overdoses if synthetic opioids hit the city. Uh, oh, shit, where are... Uh, That's where you start off if you like. Otherwise, I could start off and you can start at the black. Oh, okay. October 2nd from change.org. Yeah. CBD injecting room could prevent tidal wave overdoses if synthetic opioids hit uh, the city. And so far, touch wood, we haven't had uh, avalanche of fentanyl, which um, North America has. Not that we know of anyway. Well, not. The drug checking facility has certainly not come up with it yet. Yeah. Not an avalanche. Anyway, yeah. um, fears of a tidal wave of overdose if synthetic opioids hit the city. Melbourne CBD could be hit by a wave of drug ODs if a supervised injecting room is not built before an inspected, expected arrival of synthetic opioids, according to health experts. A coalition of 18 health and medical peak bodies and health union, unions, including the Australian Medical Association, said that 40 overdoses had occurred in the three years since the Victorian government first committed to opening an injecting room in the city uh, in June 2020. Standing in Baptist, uh, Baptist Place, a Melbourne laneway, where many overdoses have occurred, Dr Jill Tomlinson, uh, President of the Australian Medical Association Victoria, said that on average one person dies each month in the CBD. Mm. Quote, these deaths are entirely preventable. The CBD is currently an unsupervised injecting facility, and that means that people are injecting all around the CBD yep. in the laneways, the streets. Yep. Dr. Paul uh, McCartney, addiction specialist, uh, addiction medicine specialist at a community health provider, um, what is it, C CoHealth, said the expected arrival of synthetic opioids meant uh, deaths may increase by up to 10 times. Mm. I mean, the the number of people who died when fentanyl hit North America was staggering. It, well, thousands, in the tens of thousands yeah, annually, it, it, up it, to 40,000 a year. It's, not, it's, no, a, it's a, no, no mean amount, Jeffrey. It was a carnage. Um, actually, we've got a story later about Republicans um, who were so pissed off about fentanyl, they're putting sanctions on China and they want to invade Mexico, Mexico and yeah. take out the cartels. Smart thinking, boys. I, I thought they were pissed off that Russia had invaded Ukraine, they'd, but... Cross it, everybody, yeah. For them it's to all invade external. Mexico. It's all external. Well, for USA, do it. It's all right. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we're hearing from our colleagues in the UK that with the reduction in heroin supply around around the world, mm. because um, the because Taliban... it's in the United States. Well, Taliban have um, banned grown poppies now. Yeah. So, and, and now they've had a, a um, an earthquake that's killed oh, 2,400 yeah, people that know. they know of Poor and are asking for help. Blighted country, yeah. Um, and you wonder why they won't help. Yeah. That with the reduction in heroin supply around the world, synthetic opioids are arriving in the UK and they will arrive in Australia and there will be a tidal wave of overdoses, he mm. said. It's vital that we provide the option for people to get into treatment before this happens. Um, and he said that in the US there are up to 100,000 deaths a year from synthetic opioids, yep. which is double the number of people dying from gun deaths. Yep. Whoa. What we know in Australia is that up until now, synthetic opioids haven't arrived in any great sense. Yeah, Touch not wood. yet anyway. Yeah, not yet. 
Federal police seized 11.2 kilograms of the drug last year and warned that international drug syndicates were trying to import the deadly opioid fentanyl in unprecedented volumes. Quote, we assumed that that was just an entree, Mr McCart- uh, McCartney said. It goes on to say, we're hearing from our UK colleagues that the Taliban have reduced opium production and as a result, heroin supplies are drying up and synthetic opioids are starting to fill that space in the UK. Our concern is that they'll start to fill, up, fill that space here soon enough. McCartney said that when the synthetic opioids arrived, he expected there would be more overdoses in supervised injecting rooms and on the streets. Uh, The tragedy will be that people who don't use these services where they don't exist, they will be dying in the street, he said, at rates far far higher than the one a month we've talked about in the Mm -hmm. CBD, the Central Business District. We'll be talking in the tens of people dying a month. McCartney said he was already treating some patients who had ordered synthetic opioids online. He said he hoped that Daniel Andrews resigning as Premier would not affect the government's commitment to a safe injecting room. I was worried about that, Marion, too. Yeah, understandably, Geoffrey. The Andrews government opened a supervised injecting facility in Richmond Mm -hmm. in 2018 and the room was made permanent in May. The government had hoped to open a second facility in the former Urala uh, Urala building opposite Flinders Street Station, close to De Graves Street because of its proximity to drug use and overdoses. Protests from residents and businesses meant that it was put on the back burner uh-huh. and the Salvation Army building on Burke Street was recently proposed as a potential site. Okay. A government spokeswoman said the government was still considering an independent review by former police commissioner Ken Lay which was delivered in May and included recommendations for preferred injecting facility sites. Lisa, a former drug user, said she had previously used drugs in the Baptist Place laneway, which had been known as a safe space before streetlights and a tap were removed as a deterrent. Isn't that what they always do? Yeah, I remember in the toilets at the service station, they put in blue lights so you couldn't see your veins, supposedly. Quote, because it was known as a safe space within the community, it meant that if you did drop, there was someone there who would come along and and whack you and wake you up, she said. Victorian police declined to comment. Wow. Well, let's hope the second one does go ahead. Does eventually, Um, I mean, the first one in King's Cross has never had a fatality. Well, from what we understand, the second one has not had any overdose deaths and may have had overdoses, but there have not been any resulting deaths, not that we have heard. Is there a second one in Sydney? The, the one in Richmond is the Oh, Richmond, one. yeah. No, I meant the first one was in King, yes, yes. King's get, Cross, oh, Sydney. I get that, yeah. Jeffrey, but the first one in King's Cross has never had N- an overdose Not a death, single, yeah. Not had a death related to using. That's right. Um, as a result of using in the facility and, in fact, been a safest place than you can imagine. Now, brilliant. in Richmond, the same thing has been happening. Yep. There have been some complaints um, about... Proximity to the school. Proximity because across the road from the school. And also they said that there was uh, the occasional syringe being found. I would think that that's about safe disposal It'd be way rather less than being in... If it wasn't the, there. Yeah. About the injecting facility. But nonetheless, you will always get somebody to complain uh, about it. Complaint in NBC. Yeah. Inevitably. Um, I thought I'd play this as a sort of... Um, no, a tribute to Jude. It was one of her favourite Leonard Cohen song, Leonard Cohen songs. Yeah. Um, it's an, an early one, Suzanne by Leonard Cohen. Uh, yeah. Mm. 
Suzanne takes you down to her place near the river. You can hear the boats go by. You can spend the night beside her, and you know that she's half crazy. But that's why you wanna be there. And she feeds you tea and oranges that come all the way from China. And just when you mean to tell her that you have no love to give her, then she gets you on her wavelength, and she lets the river answer that you've always been her lover. Travel with her, and you want to travel blind, and you know that she will trust you, for you've touched her perfect body with your mind. And Jesus was a sailor when he walked upon the water. And he spent a long time watching from his lonely wooden tower. And when he knew for certain only drowning men could see him, he said, "All men will be sailors then until the sea shall free them." But he himself was broken long before the sky would open, forsaken. Almost human, he sank beneath your wisdom like a stone. And you want to travel with him, and you want to travel blind, and you think maybe you'll trust him, for he's touched your perfect body with his mind. Takes your hand and she leads you to the river. She is wearing rags and feathers from Salvation Army counters, and the sun pours down like honey on Our Lady of the Harbor. And she shows you where to look among the garbage and the flowers. There are heroes in the seaweed. There are children in the morning. They are leaning out for love. They will lean that way forever while Suzanne holds the mirror. Travel with her, and you want to travel blind, and you know you can trust her, for she's touched your perfect body with her mind. All right, that was.、Um Leonard Cohen and、uh, early song Suzanne.、Um, shout out to、uh, sadly departed Jude Byrne. Okay, you're back with news from the drug war front from、uh, Studio One to Double X ninety eight point three FM. It's twenty、uh, two minutes after eleven. 
Now, we were talking about fentanyl, and thankfully uh, it hasn't been a tsunami arrival of fentanyl um, in Australia, touch wood. Mm. Not not the case in North America, and this piece is uh, from Filter Mag, October the 6th by Alex Lechtman. US-Mexico talks more fentanyl crackdowns, deportations loom. I mean... The hypocrisy of the US just blows my mind anyway. We'll, yeah. we'll get into the article. Top uh, Biden administration officials have met with the Mexican president, uh, Obrador, to discuss fentanyl, migration and security concerns. The visit comes uh, at a fraught time. The Biden administration just uh, greenlit the construction of more border uh, walls in Texas, which he said he'd never build another fence of Trump's wall. Uh, So he's gone back on that. Amid um, great political pressure over migration and despite his 2020 promise to voters to, quote, not build another... um, Foot. Foot of wall. Yeah. Mm. It wasn't even yard, it was foot. Mm. Meanwhile, Democrats in Congress are fighting back on Republicans' repeated threats of military strikes against Mexican groups who they blame for trafficking fentanyl into the United States. On October the 5th, the US delegation, including the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, and Homeland Security Secretary Alexandro Mayorkas, yeah. Met with uh, Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador, also known as AMLO, and members of his cabinet. Biden officials spoke with their Mexican counterparts about efforts to prevent fentanyl transiting through Mexico and the importation of chemical precursors from China. Days earlier, the administration announced indictments and sanctions against eight Chinese companies blamed for the fentanyl influx. US officials were expected to demand that Mexico take more police action to shut down fentanyl labs and seize uh, any chemical shipments coming from abroad. Uh, Blinken praised the US-Mexico trade relationship and said the two countries must preserve the connections and the bonds that tie us together. He also stated the US government must take action about the influx of guns coming into the US, uh, from the US to Mexico. We have a responsibility to help them do something about it. Well, that was one of the first things I thought. There's huge profits from cartels selling drugs. I mean, Americans are the, the biggest consumers of drugs of any country in the world. Yeah. And the cartels buy military-grade weapons. That's right. Well, does not the United States... Um sort of uh, live on its uh, gun sales? Is that not a great proportion of its income? I wouldn't argue with that. No, Second Amendment. Yep. Look, the article goes on. Maritza Perez Medina, Director of Federal Affairs for the Drug Policy Alliance, believes the US will agree to take some action on the cross-border gun trade. Quote, the Biden administration is asking so much of Mexico on drug policy and immigration. I think that would be fair, she told Filter. And she goes on, I expect we'll see something around that. The US media are sure to play up the tense relationship between President Biden and AMLO and will likely depict the Mexican president as unconcerned about the fentanyl trade, referencing his comments from earlier this year. In March... Obrador stated, here we do not produce fentanyl and we do not have the consumption of fentanyl. We do not have consumption of fentanyl. Well, I don't. The United States take care of their own problem of social decay. Um, so Obrador tries to essentially blame the US for demand. I don't think it's fair to imply it's a uniquely US issue. Uh, 
that's what I'm stated. But the but that shouldn't distract us from the fact that Mexico's drug war continues. AMLO's government has has a promise to crack down on fentanyl traffickers, arresting alleged leaders of trafficking organisations and reportedly approaching China and South Korea for joint agreements to target fentanyl. Uh, The quote (laughs) from Perez is Obrador continues to say that the drug problem is a uniquely US issue, that in Mexico people aren't, quote, abusing, end quote, drugs, which is just clearly not true, Perez Medina said. We know people struggle with substance use disorder everywhere, including Mexico, I think his rhetoric on drugs is interesting. He tries to essentially blame the US for demand. I don't think it's fair to imply it's a uniquely US issue. End quote. Both the US and Mexico are set to continue prioritising supply by targeting trafficking groups rather than safety, by regulating drugs and investing in harm reduction. Customs and border protection data show that authorities are seizing ever more fentanyl with seizures up over 433% since the fiscal year 2020, even as seizures of other drugs drugs have dropped. Yet devastating overdose death tolls, primarily involving fentanyl, continue year after year, surpassing 100,000 US fatalities in 2022. And one of the really uh, interesting things was the um, pharmaceutical companies like Purdue Pharma that came out with OxyContin and, mm. you know, made billions of dollars, mm. ended up settling for, you know, at f- financial impositions, but no one went to jail. Yeah. Um, none of no, the execs. No, not at all. So the white-collar, you know, legal drug pushers. Yes. Um, the, well, the multinationals are never going to be held, no. you know, and accountable, banks- legally accountable, and there is no way... Uh, and on God green earth that they're going to be able to target uh, drug supplies in the north of Mexico and be able to sue them for liability for the drug for the overdose deaths from fentanyl. So as long as you can claim, as long as you can blame an other, yep. in inverted commas, United States doesn't have to take responsibility for harm reduction programs or for giving people information or drug checking. And yet anyone with half a brain can see 50 years of prohibition and just and see... And 60 years and Failure after failure what after harm. 100,000 deaths per, annu- uh, per annum. It's incalculable just harm. Uh, it goes on to talk about migration as well. Uh, maybe I won't go into those issues we know what but it's a big it is a it is a problem for the united states it's also a problem for everywhere yeah migration where people are going from a particularly an ungovernable country or a failed state if you like financially a failed state to what appears to be um a a booming economically booming state or american dream united states or say europe you, it's a global European problem. Union, yeah, it's not a matter for just the United States, but certainly cross-border, Mexico and US, it's an issue. Oh, not yes. Not an issue, supposedly, between Canada and the United States? Uh, not to the level of the Mexico-US situation, no. No, well, they're coming from South America. Up and, to and the irony the is that a lot of these countries are unstable and poor and governed by authoritarian. And why and would that be? Do you think? And because of U.S. intervention, the CIA yeah. intervening in South America. Absolutely, yeah. it's the chickens coming home to roost. That's um, right. Do you want to buy Mexico for immigration from bloody Colombia? Oh, okay. I'll go on to the Mexican president 
told the US delegation that he's calling on their government to support an uh, investment and development in migrants' countries of origin. Quote, the people don't abandon their towns because they want to, but rather out of sheer necessity, he said October the 5th. Both countries have an interest to come up with a mechanism to deter people from making the trek and have had to take really harsh positions on, quote, illegal immigration for that reason. One area where they differ as the US gets closer to its election, I think we'll see President Biden unfortunately take an even more aggressive stance against quote, illegal immigration, because of the pushback we're seeing across the US, with migrants being uh, bused to different cities and being left unhoused. Yeah, I think New York's had a couple of hundred thousand people just lobbed onto the streets and the locals yeah. aren't too happy. Mm. Um, it's largely been blamed uh, on the Democrats in the media. Of course. Biden's now caved into the pressure by approving new border wall construction, waiving 26 federal laws by executive order to do so. Customs and Border Protection will be building a 20-mile wall in Texas uh, where high numbers of crossings are reported. Ironically, Biden's using funding allocated under Trump to do this, having campaigned against Trump's infamously racist pledge to build a wall and make Mexico pay for it. Mm. Biden's decision has drawn widespread condemnation, including from Republican Henry Cuellar, uh, sorry, Representative, a, a Democrat from Texas, and uh, from Indigenous environmental and human rights groups. Meanwhile, Trump seized on it to declare, I was, I was right. right. Of course he has. Republican lawmakers have, meanwhile, hatched another kind of plan altogether that the US should invade Mexico <laughs> to go after trafficking organisations. House Republicans have been threatening such actions for months now with Republican Major uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene from uh, Georgia recently promising to draft a declaration of war against trafficking groups in Mexico. According to the New York Times, nearly every Republican candidate for president in 2024 has been advocating a version of the plan to send special forces into Mexican territory to hunt down alleged traffickers and blow up their facilities. Now, this is crazy because when they blew up one, 20 took his place. You know, they just mm. diversified and made it harder oh, to find. Absolutely. International law would consider such actions a violation of Mexican sovereignty. Republicans know this, but talking tough about the cartels is an easy way to get voters' attention. While with Mexico would cause devastating loss of life and would be disastrous for millions of Mexicans and Americans living in Mexico, <laughs> as well as those in the US. Democrats in Congress are now fighting back Republican Joaquin Castro from Texas, who is Mexican-American and represents part of San Antonio, is planning to file a resolution committing Washington to respect Mexico's sovereignty and not to take any unilateral military action. Mm, good luck. He said war with Mexico would cause devastating loss of life and would be disastrous for millions of Mexicans and Americans living in Mexico, as well as those in the US whose livelihood depend on legitimate cross-border trade. As a resolution, this measure would have only symbolic value rather than being legally binding, but even setting aside the possibility of US military strikes in Mexico, the two countries have an enormous interconnected problems and seemingly little idea of how effectively to resolve them. The other thing, of course, uh, Marion, is the Republicans removed uh, their own Speaker of the House. So yes, didn't they? It, because he made an agreement to allow government to continue for financially. For 40 days or something. And really? It was, it's only eight hardline 
uh, Freedom yes. Caucus or something, but effectively they can't function. Without, well, the government doesn't go on without funding. No. Does, and this seems to happen every time there is a Democratic president Very. and a, a Republican balance of power. Their system's like a circus. It's crazy, really. isn't it? Which explains why presidential decree is a, a way of operating. Yeah, if you give trying to get things that done. How they will use it. Yeah, that's right. But really, they are, you know, from being the world's hegemonic superpower post World War Two, things are changing very rapidly. We've Indeed, got, from you know, time to time they do. Anyway, don't they, Jeffrey? And for a period of time, and then people go, "No, that we can't do that. We cannot do that. Well, Come and vote then." A lot of things that benefited them, like the US dollar being the global reserve currency and, you know, the, the deal with the Saudis to get cheap oil and a lot of these things are unravelling as China yes. becomes much more uh, influential. Globally active. Yeah. Anyway, uh, look, we might play a song. This is uh, one of Jack's. I've worked out Beatles' White Album. It should be Happiness is a Warm Gun. Happiness is a Warm Gun, yeah. All right. Now, we were going to do Drugs and Money, Jack, and just have to apologise, but you did not write... The number the of track the track number. it was, <laughs> we couldn't and work that's it out. the problem because we can't, we don't. It's not written on the um, on the CD either. So we're doing happiness as a warm gun, which so was another that you had. At least play one of yours. Yeah. Yep. She's not a girl who misses much. The velvet hand like a lizard on a window pane. The man in the crowd with the multicolored mirrors on his hobnail boots. Lying with his eyes while his hands are busy working overtime. A soap impression of his wife, which he ate and donated to the National Trust. Oh, 
All right, that's for Jack, uh, the Beatles from the White Album. Happiness is a warm gun. Mm. Okay, it's 22 minutes to midday. You're with Jeff and Marion, 2XX, People Powered Radio, 98.3, and this is news from the drug war front. We're heading off to British Columbia, and I found this quite fascinating. Um, it's from filtermag.org, October mm. the 2nd. Smoking, not injecting, is now linked to two-thirds of overdose deaths in British Columbia. I mean... Staggering. Mm. Amid a mass, a mass exodus from injecting drugs to smoking them, the push for safe consumption sites in North America has yet to fully mobilise around safe inhalation spaces. According to data from the British Columbia Coroner's Service, 65% of unregulated drug deaths recorded from January 2023 through to the end of August were linked to smoking. Injecting was linked to 15% of deaths and snorting to 14%. CBC, uh, I think it's Canadian Broadcasting, um, reported the Chief Coroner, Lisa Lapointe, described the urgent need for a safe um, consumption, consumption site, site mm. as including a safe place to smoke drugs. Seems well, sensible. given that smoking's illegal in most, in, you know, even smoking drugs would be even twice as, you know, yeah. damned, wouldn't it? But it makes sense if two-thirds of course of it does. Deaths. But, but I, you know, yeah. having having done this absolute abstinence mm. on any kind of smoking, this is a real problem. It is. According to the British Columbia Ministry of Health and Addictions, 19 of the province's 47 sanctioned safe consumption sites include inhalation spaces as of July 2023. Uh, visit records for that month show that inhalation services were accessed more than 40,000 times. Wow. An average of more than five deaths per day in August was attributed to British Columbia's unregulated drug supply, which is why they've been calling for mm. a safe supply. Though that rate represents a slight decrease overall, the rate of deaths associated with smoking drugs in British Columbia has more than doubled since the province first declared the opioid-involved overdose crisis a public health emergency in 2016. That was the most uh, recent year that coroner's service data showed injection as the most prevalent method of drug consumption. By 2017, data showed a shift to smoking and the majority of British Columbian harm reduction service participants who were surveyed continued to report smoking as their primary consumption method. Data from other provinces show the same pattern along the same time frame. The British Columbia Coroner's Service report reasserted that medical safer supply has not been associated with any increase in overdose deaths. Well, that's because there hasn't been any. Two of Canada's legal inhalation spaces currently operate under federal authority. The majority are under provincial jurisdiction and the regulations they're subjected to vary accordingly. One barrier to safe inhalation spaces is the additional layer of bureaucracy entailed in ventilation requirements, of course. But another is that government-sanctioned uh, safe consumption sites are limited to evidence-based interventions and peer-reviewed research in Canada and the United States alike has historically been less interested in stimulant use than opioid use. The shift to smoking mirrors uh, that, uh, take, that's taking place in the Western US the shift to smoking mirrors taking place in the Western US. Most drugs consumed at safe consumption sites across Canada are opioid-based. The shift to smoking mirrors that take place in Western United States. Since the onset of COVID-19 pandemic, fentanyl-pressed pills, a.k.a. the blues, have rapidly overtaken less potent substances like black tar heroin in the unregulated opioid supply. Deaths associated with fentanyl-pressed pills are more than 
have more than doubled during the pandemic. By December 2020, more than half of all overdose deaths reported in Western US Western jurisdictions no longer showed evidence of injection use. In an effort to mitigate the heightened risk, more and more people using unregulated opioids were opting to smoke them. Stimulants are frequently injected and opioids frequently smoked, but smoking and stimulants have long been paired in the public consciousness. The stigma level levied against stimulant users is a unique barrier to inhalation sites, one that persists even with the proper ventilation permits and sufficient academic evidence. Methamphetamine-involved deaths are being disastrously blown out of proportion in the US overdose data, a body of evidence for safer smoking sites that isn't accurate but that still hasn't generated much interest in them. There's always something happening in British Columbia, isn't yes. there, Vandu? And, and it's always novel. It's always interesting. It's novel and it actually shows issues that we have not even begun to think about, Geoffrey. So the, the novelty from them is it has not yet worn off because they're current, constantly bringing to a level of public consciousness issues that we haven't even started to address. We haven't had we a haven't genocide in days from fentanyl, Indeed. Th- thankfully. Um, but and yeah. I, there's not a great deal of distance between British Columbia and, say, Washington. Uh, you know? No, no, no. The issues, therefore, are somewhat combined. And it just reaffirms uh, prohibition is you don't know what you're getting. It's not That's a safe right. supply unless you have a drug testing And without service. a drug checking facility yeah. as we have, then you're just taking the death, what you're taking your life in somebody else's hands, Jeff. Yeah. It's a real problem. Might go to a quick song. This is The Saints, I think. Uh, this perfect day. Okay. Give that a go.
of the Saints in this perfect day. It's coming up about uh, 14 minutes to noon. We're coming into the home stretch of this week's news from the drug war front. Mm. We've got a piece from Ireland. We don't get many stories uh, from Ireland. No, we don't, do we? But uh, they've evidently had a seizure, which is the largest ever drugs haul ever, worth over $165 million. Mm. The biggest ever drug seizure in the history of Ireland was intercepted off the coast of Cork in the southeast of the country last Tuesday. Cocaine weighing 2.253 kilograms with an estimated 157 million euros was seized from the vessel MV Matthew travelling from South America. What a surprise. Director General of Revenue and Customs, Jerry Harahill, said at a news conference in Dublin, it's the largest seizure in the history of the state, said uh, Assistant Commissioner of the Police, Justin Kelly. This is a hugely significant operation that shows our unrelenting determination to disrupt and dismantle networks which are determined to bring drugs into our country. That's just standard police talk, isn't it? Any mm, country. Yeah. Three men aged 31, 15 and 60 have been arrested on suspicion of organised crime and are currently being questioned at police stations in County Wexford. <laughs> so they're done. Officers said the drugs originated from South America and were bound for crime groups in Ireland, the United Kingdom and Europe. A task force made up of members of the Irish Revenue Customs Service, the Navy and Guardia Siochana, which is the police force, um, coordinated to detain the Panamanian registered bulk cargo vessel in the early hours of Tuesday, according to the pre uh, police press release. Video shared by the Irish Defence Forces on uh, X, formerly Twitter, shows the army fast-roping from a helicopter onto the deck amid challenging weather conditions as the vessel attempted to make its way back out of Irish waters. After the army secured the vessel, members of the task force were transferred, transferred on board and escorted by a Navy ship to Cork Harbour, where it's currently being forensically examined. Quote, yesterday was an extremely complex day from a military perspective and the Defence Forces ran an extremely complex military operation. Terry Geraghty, uh, Fleet Commander of the Na Irish Naval Service, said at the pre Dublin press briefing. He was going on to quote, as it was made, it was made, in brackets, even more complex by environments that we had no control over, like the weather. The weather was extremely poor and we were also trying to predict the actions of a number of crime gangs and how that would impact on us. But it was very successful from a Defence Force point of view. Ah, OK. So getting the drugs and the combination, I imagine, of services. The intelligence-led operation was conducted in collaboration with the Maritime Analysis and Operations Centre, uh, narcotics MAOC, MAOC-N, based in Lisbon, according to the police press release or the Garda press release. The MAOC-N is an initiative by seven European, country, European member countries, including France, Ireland, Italy, Spain, Netherlands, Portugal and the UK, who aren't members of the EU, is not a member of the EU, actually, with uh, financial support from the European Union. My take of that is there are no drug-free countries on the planet. Absolutely. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, yep. there's different um, scale of issues, different That's drugs. That's right, different but ways. everybody's targeted, everybody's responsible, everybody's got an axe to grind and everybody's got a population to protect. And how do they do it? target the Colombian <laughs> yeah. ship, yeah? Well, it just gets Why harder and harder. And what about the ones that do get in? 
Yeah, yeah. and the new drugs that's for which the, they don't the, even... That's what issue for me, Jeffrey, is that if that's what they're getting, what are they missing? Mm. Because people are still using drugs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, they may be intercepting. Interdiction may be a very successful operation with, you know, $163 million, um, dollars, American dollars worth of uh, product intercepted, but there's still drugs on the ground in the countries. That's an issue in itself. Absolutely, yeah. So we just keep repeating the same yep. um, miserable tale about prohibition. Well, and I mean, what can, what do they say? You know, I mean, once they if they can collaborate to target drugs, can they collaborate to target people, smugglers, of whom many hundreds are dying through immigration or falsely led immigration promises? Yeah, from yeah. people smugglers. Oh, they could do uh, safe injecting, safe consumption sites in their rooms, yeah. but not there are so many um, effective cooperate and target at Colombian maritime yeah. services. Yeah, boat provisions. Anyway, um, we could give an update about last week's story about the daycare centre in the Bronx that killed the toddler because they're the, oh, yes. the fentanyl. They've yeah. actually um, the daycare provider and two others been indicted on murder charges yeah. in the death of the one-year-old, and uh, the boy's father has given a gut-wrenching victim um, impact Of course, they are statement. very gut-wrenching. Of course, if you lose a baby, it's going to be gut-wrenching. Well, luckily, luckily three other children who were very um, affected um, pulled through, but, um, you know, it's a highly toxic drug. Um, was it 50 times stronger than morphine or 80 50 times? 50 times stronger yeah. than heroin. Oh, than heroin. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So one year. But when it started, Jeffrey, remember it was a thousand times stronger than heroin. That like the data we had was not data; no. it was supposition. Yeah, spurious information. <laughs> well, it just seems, from what I, I don't understand the dark web, but you know, there's new um, substances where molecules change to try and get around existing. You know, it's like playing whack a mole. Yes, it is um, a bit. And people can order the stuff on the dark web and. Um, Hope that it is what it says it is, and um, and they push people towards that that avenue of getting their drugs by, yeah, whack whack a mole type operations. Yeah, somebody else will pop up with an avenue to make uh, the drugs available because people will want to use drugs. Yeah, it's a complex. It becomes a more complex issue simply because the more we try to um, manage the health. Uh, and manage the drug consumption of people so they can do it safely, the more people will push the envelope and try a little bit harder to prevent, present to the community and the population a different kind of drug that we have no knowledge of. And unless we get it checked, yeah. and the only place to do it is in Canberra, yes. um, we don't know how to stop people from overdosing from it or from dying from it. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, look, I'll just uh, repeat the karma number, 6253 3643, and the AI bot on the website and social I think media. That we had said, Jeffrey, too, last week that the. Um, the the clinic would not be available this Thursday, but in fact it will it be will available. Be. There will be another doctor on the who'll doctor be there will be at eleven. Eleven, but the nurse will be there at ten. Yes. So uh, the uh, Karma Clinic will be available on Thursday, 
Um, the nurse will be there at 10 o'clock, which is when Karma opens, um, and the doctor will turn up at 11 o'clock. Yep. So you still the have the availability for health service provision. Um, look, I haven't got time to read the full story, but this is uh, one from my home state in the, in America. The governor has vetoed a bill to decriminalise magic mushrooms and other psychedelics. Oh, California. Which mm. uh, a lot of people I know who are into psychedelics were very hopeful would... Um, you know, be signed by the governor, but he vetoed the bill last Saturday, um, even though he's a Democrat and supposedly quite progressive. Um, he's, yeah, dashed the well, hopes. Well, there was a problem with, because it was a, a possession and personal list of a short list of natural psychedelics, including match, uh, magic mushrooms. So it wasn't a matter of um, drugs that had been chemically yep. produced. It was a matter of getting magic mushies from people picking them out of the cow yeah, shit yeah yeah yeah, the, yeah. yeah. did anything um, end up about the woman that cooked the meal with the mushrooms that killed that yeah the um, the the third person the husband is still alive like oh. her ex father-in-law is still alive um, it yeah. has been talked about yeah and they she has been quizzed um, and has refused to talk to media now. I don't think she's being charged. I think the assumption is that it was um, uh, accidental. accidental. Right. It was not an intentional thing. Um, and it just so happened that... I mean, look, my son doesn't like mushrooms and he's 42. Anything with mushrooms in it would not be... He would not eat. But uh, because it was like beef... Uh, was it Beef Wellington, ah, which right. is quite a classy dish yeah, and yeah. quite a Popular. you know substantial, well, costly to make with yeah. a very fine cut of beef that yep. is used. Yeah. The problem is that you need to get proper mushrooms, not toxic <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> uh, so not. it would be hard to refuse to eat it, but, you know, and it must have tasted okay because they ate the whole lot of it and that's why they died. Yeah. But, yes, that, no, there's been very limited... Um, stuff from the media, through the media about that since then. Yeah, well, um, just to conclude, check out the social media, check out the website. Um, if you're interested in seeing a current affairs report on the decriminalisation uh, of personal drugs in Canberra that in come Canberra into effect and how it's going, yeah. um, it actually was a fairly okay coverage. It was better than I expected. Um, yes, I'm pleased to hear that, Jeff. It's good, good to know. We need to educate people that it's not legal and the police and still yeah, confiscate it, it, Even at the 28th of October, it's not legal. There's a, just a change in the amounts that you you can have for personal use. The drugs are still illegal and the police will still confiscate them if 